Can y'all believe it's been 70 episodes, 70 weeks of your favorite podcast? This is Pipe It Up. Cue the intro. Jack, we've been doing this for a very long time, man. I think you and I took over together around, what, like episode 50 or so? Yeah, it had to have been yeah. before 50 because 50 we were together for the Mark Schultz interview, correct? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's crazy to think that we've uh, we've gotten all the way to 70. Maybe should have stopped at 69 just for just for the clout, but um, no, it's, it's, it's awesome. That would be a pretty iconic, the podcast that abruptly ends at episode 69 for no apparent reason other than it being no episode reason. 69. But no, we're still we're still trucking along here. This train's still moving. Um, episode seven O. That's pretty wild. I mean, I know we've there was a short hiatus there, maybe eight nine months ago. But for the most part, man, this this show's been rolling out weekly for the better part of a year and a half now. So thank you guys who are tuning in week after week, episode after episode, pod after pod. We really appreciate it and hope you're enjoying the content. But Jack, what's new with you, man? Anything? Um, no, really. Uh really just same thing nose to the grindstone kind of going through grad school unfortunately our um spartans had a devastating loss this weekend so i'm still a little bit beat up about that but overall you know can't really complain still living the dream oh yeah oh yeah it was a tough i said last podcast i think that uh, it was a great weekend to be a spartan this weekend was not a great weekend to be a spartan but that's that's how it goes it's part of it's part of sports and uh hey bouncing back moving forward but I got to say, Jack, how do you feel about this whole time change situation right now? Oh, with the daylight savings? Correct. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of it. If I'm correct, I think we gained an hour of sleep, which we did, we did. Uh, which is, is always very helpful. Um, and I don't know. I feel like there's, like, controversy over it. Like, do we really need it? Like, people have different opinions on it. But I don't really understand what all the fuss is about, like – Especially because now your iPhone, like, yeah, you might have to reset a clock or two in your kitchen, but, like, your iPhone just picks up on it. It doesn't really change anything there. So I don't really know why some people get all bent up about it. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know there's a fussy crowd out there for the time changes. I guess it makes sense because it does inconvenience you in some ways, and it kind of ruins your internal body clock in terms of when you're going to bed, when you're waking up. But um, I know I, I appreciated the extra hour yesterday. And I, um, you know, I got really good sleep last night. You know, I woke up like before my alarm this morning even and felt pretty refreshed. But I will say, and I think this is pretty cliche, but when it's like 5 p.m. only, 5.30 here in Michigan, and it's just, it's as dark as midnight. It's just very weird and uh, yeah. makes me feel a little groggy and tired. Like, I couldn't believe. I was like waiting and waiting for us to start the show tonight. I'm like, holy cow, it's only 7.30 right now. Like, I don't know. It is. Yeah, uh, no, you definitely kind of, I mean, especially in a place like Michigan, but, you know, a lot of other places get all four seasons and you do kind of go through that um, swing of sort of like emotions or just well-being where in the summer, you know, it's it's sunny for a good portion of the day. You feel like you could stay outside forever. And now it's getting towards the winter. You know, it's getting cold. It's getting dark. It's kind of just it's tough to really have that same sort of like happy spirit when everything around you is just like a little bit gloomy. So I definitely see what you're saying there where it's like kind of uh, unmotivating when it's five 30 and it's just pitch black outside. I know. I know. I agree. And um, 
yeah, I think like it's definitely a science. Like your skin needs that vitamin D. You need that sunlight, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. Honestly, it's kind of wild to think about. Like, you know, in the in the heat of summer when we're playing wiffle ball, we're out there till 10 p.m. We can see just fine. And now it's five whole hours earlier here. It's like unplayable. It's so dark outside. That's wild. Yeah, we wouldn't even be able to do it. We'd have to probably uh, just go inside, doing have an indoor league if we were trying to run the league in the winter. But I think that's what makes it makes it great you you know you got you got to play sports outside i mean having indoor facilities are super nice but um nothing nothing beats wiffle ball in the in the heat of the summer mm-hmm. yeah i agree what's crazy too is i guess i don't really know the science behind it all but like you know michigan's on the northern side of the united states but like states that are more towards the south of this country is it stay lighter a little longer there still, even though it's wintertime, just because of, like, where the equator is and stuff? Do you know? I mean, I haven't taken – I did take astronomy in college, so I should know this answer, but I want to say yes. I think so, too. Um, I know that, like, daylight savings – well, I guess I don't know this, but I think that daylight savings was – originally like put into place for farmers right like it made it easier for them or something or did i just make that up i mean we can roll with that for the farmers i'm pretty sure that's what sounds sounds reasonable to me i don't know i I guess we we need to get on someone with a bigger brain i think i mean jack and i are pretty smart guys but uh, i guess we're lacking in the in the department of time changes (laughs) 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 that sums it up right there i couldn't even come up with a good word (laughs) to describe it (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is a this is a short history. It says um, in 1895, George Hudson, an entomologist from New Zealand, came up with the modern concept of daylight savings time. He proposed a two-hour time shift so he'd have more after-hour, more after-work hours of sunshine to go bug hunting in the summer. Bug hunting. Bug hunting. Since when is bug hunting a thing? Is that like catching grasshoppers and butterflies? A- what is apparently bug apparently in 1895 it was a thing. So much so that the clocks were changed. Well, shout out to all the bug hunters out there if you're listening. Uh, we salute you and I support you on all of your endeavors. All right, Jack, World Series Game One thoughts, initial thoughts. Hit me with them. Wildcats, what do you say? So impressive. I mean, we talked about how important this game one was going to be for the series in general, um, but especially the Wildcats. And they just really came out and and they definitely ate their Wheaties that morning because um, their their play at the plate was so impressive. Kyle's pitching lo- pitching locations were just on point the the entire game. And I think like that game just shows like we've been talking about how close to the series that we feel it's gonna be, but like the Diamondbacks have been the best team all year, and the Wildcats kind of just came in game one and totally took it to them, which I think just is another testament to like showing how competitive this league is in general and how awesome this series is going to be. Yeah, um, I said it last week um, that I thought, you know, I had the D-backs in five games, but I also said that the winner of game one I think is going to go on to win the World Series. So based on what I saw in game one, I would 100% would now shift my prediction in the Wildcats' favor um, their lineup, once again, is just incredible, and it proves to be incredible even, even against a great pitcher like Jimmy Norp. Um, Sailor still goes yard. Kyle pitches tremendously. 
And um, Kyle made a couple great defensive plays too. There was one like ground oh, ball was that unreal. was disgusting. It was so smooth and fluid. It reminded me of like a vintage Colts Field Kyle Schultz type play. But um, yeah, that was that was real nice. That was awesome. He literally flipped his hips like a like a shortstop would or like a third base. I don't know, but like that, I, I see MLB guys do that all the time, and he literally did it perfectly mm-hmm. to a T mm-hmm. and was able to peg North, but. I think that so you you're gonna shift your your prediction uh, now. I gotta. I mean, how could I not after that first game? Yeah. That was a statement win for the Wildcats, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely, obviously, you know, winning game one is huge. puts the puts the ball in their court, so to speak. But I think it might have just been a little bit of you know we talked about the experience factor for the Wildcats. And I think it might have just been a little bit of the opposite of that for the Diamondbacks. Maybe a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially at the plate, maybe just kind of feeling out Kyle. So, um, I don't know. I mean, very impressed by the Wildcats, but I also took the Diamondbacks and, um, I don't know. I'm going to have to see, see what happens in, uh, in the next game to sort of really jump on that Wildcats bandwagon, depending on what happens. But I mean, yeah, and you gotta be thinking if you're a D-backs fan and if you're Jimmy Norp, if you're Michael Shima, if you're Jonah Heath, um, I mean, this is a must win game. 100 percent in my opinion i mean you go down 2-0 against this team good luck i mean we've seen it before we've seen one 2-0 lead blown but i don't see it happening against this wildcats team i think the diamondbacks have to win game two if they want any shot of winning this series and we also touched on um just obviously sailor's ability on the mound and what winning game one would do for the wildcats you know namely maybe giving uh nick a chance on the mound but I think after how well Kyle did in that game, I, I just feel it'd be unlikely that he would sit himself and uh, and throw Nick on there. But what do you think? I don't know. Like, it's so hard to tell. I mean, I think that Kyle really has a lot of confidence in Nick Saylor, and Saylor was the ERA leader this year. So, you True. know, the guys proved he can get outs. Um, but you know, this is the main stage. This is for all the marbles. So you don't want to be thrown out. I guess an arm that you may be thinking lesser of. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, it can also be kind of an investment on Kyle's standpoint. You know, if he throws Sailor out there and maybe they do lose a game or if he wins, great. But if they do lose, at least now the Diamondbacks, you know, eyes have kind of lost their focus and lost their sight of Kyle's arm slots. They've seen Sailor's arm slot now, different pitches, different release points. So at least a worst-case scenario for the Wildcats, if you throw Sailor out there as you lose the game, Series is back to even, but you have your ace who's now fresh, and the hitters are now off balance. So I think those are kind of probably the thoughts going through Kyle Schultz's head, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a great point. I think another uh, thing that just stood out to me in the game was, you know, obviously he didn't get the W, but just uh, Jimmy's whole approach on the mound is just, like, so awesome to watch. And you did such a good job, like – calling the whole game obviously but jimmy started doing this thing where he would like hold the ball above his head and then throw it and mm-hmm. a couple times you would on the call be like shows it and then like <laughs> pitches it and i just thought that was like the coolest thing and even though obviously he didn't get the uh the win it was just super super fun like super cool watching him out there oh yeah i know for sure jimmy norris gonna do his do whatever he can to get crafty and we saw him out there yeah kind of changing his release up where he would show like he basically elevate the ball above his head prior to his release 
so like the hitter could see the grip, but then he like can drop it all the way down to a riser or throw a slider or even a drop ball. So it's just like you know a mental thing. I don't know how much that actually affects the movement on the ball or anything like that, but just the timing, the delivery, and the mental effect it has on hitters, I think for sure can throw people off. So, yeah, I think it's mostly like a timing thing because you saw him doing like the quick pitches every now and again, which I think is really. Um, like valuable if you're able to do that because I mean it's also as a pitcher you're also getting in a rhythm right so if you can change up your own rhythm and still be successful like that's a that's a pretty valuable asset to have but I just thought it was really cool watching him yeah you'll see Kyle Schultz do that from time to time as well he'll give a little shimmy on the mound or a little pause or like head fake type thing Um, so that's always cool to see and yeah you gotta I mean we say it all the time you face a lot of the same guys over and over again um, you know, these teams are a little less familiar with each other, but this is the World Series. No time to play games out there. You got to be locked in in your A game at all times. So no surprise to see pitchers trying to get a little bit funky out there with their pitches and whatnot. All righty. It is now time for yet another Q of the day. Q, 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 Q of the day. Jack, I'm throwing you a curveball this week. Ooh, good pun. Got to keep you off balance. If you're a hitter up there, I got I got to toss you a little twelve six every once in a while. <laughs> so, um, of course, we received a few submissions for Q of the day from the fans, but nothing that I was too too intrigued by. Nothing that caught my eye too much. And I do want to say that if you've submitted a question of the day weeks prior over the past six months and I didn't get to it, um, feel free to resubmit it. You know they can get lost down in the in the archives of the DMs. So resubmit ones you want to still have answered, but today I'm digging into my own in my own pocket for a question. I'm gonna address it to Jack, and then I guess I can answer it as well. But I thought it'd be a fun thing to talk about on the show, and that is Jack. Let's do it. What are some of your biggest fears, either wiffle ball or non wiffle ball related? Probably mostly non wiffle ball related. But if you have a big wiffle ball fear, feel free to share. Ooh. Well. I'm not afraid of anything out there on the field, so I can't really think of anything wiffle ball related. Fearless. I would say I would say one of my biggest fears is just like, you know, I love love my family, love my friends. Just to to have like someone, either a family member or a friend, uh, you know, sort of like pass away prematurely or not, like from old age, like a situation like that that I would have to deal with. And just go through that whole process is kind of like a fear of mine, like something, you know, like this sounds kind of dark, but just like, you know, you get every time you get in your car, like there's risk of something that can happen. I think people sometimes take that for granted. So that's always just like, you know, it's not something I'm thinking about all the time. But if I would say something that is like my biggest fear, like I'm not like afraid of like spiders or heights or snakes or you know, not not those typical things maybe that you think of, but um, yeah, I guess that would kind of be my answer. Jack, you literally stole my thunder so hard, man. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking of what I wanted to ask you, and uh, yeah, like, the way I wanted to word it was like, um, you know, there are things that happen in life that are unfortunate, and some take longer times than others to kind of unfold if it's maybe sickness or you know an illness something like that when it comes to tragedies but yeah i think a sudden tragedy family member or friend is like my biggest fear i totally agree the suddenness of everything because it's just like the lack of closure there would be just awful and so hard to live with 
Yeah. And it's just like, like you said, things take different time, different times to play out. So when it's something like that, you know, if, if, if you have a, a loved one that's suffering from an illness and you kind of know the direction it's going, like when it finally comes time, that's time. And you sort of, like you said, have that closure, but when it's something that's unexpected or you didn't see coming, like you, you can always think about how you would react in that situation, but in reality, you have no idea how you're going to feel or react. And so just sort of like that uncertainty, I guess, would be the driver of the fear. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That was exactly what I was going to say. Um, any other fears you want to share? Um, I fear, actually, I do fear the mosquitoes at the meadows. Oh, That's God. something I fear because those live in my nightmares. Those are um, living in my head rent-free. Yeah, rent-free. I'll shout out all those bug hunters. Go get the mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm looking to hire some bug hunters here. Yeah, local. yeah. I'm actually on the market looking for bug hunters because I know Michigan. a place, and you you'll never be out of a job. Let me tell you that. <laughs> we'll pay um, you handsomely. I I can't really think of like I don't know like are you afraid of like heights or like anything like that? Like I'm not really afraid of any sort of animal. I'm not afraid of. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like deathly afraid know. of anything. Like in that, I want to sound like this big old tough guy that's I mean, not afraid we, we of anything. Know you're, but it's kind of hard for me to think of yeah, some. We know you're a big tough guy, Jack. I, did, I didn't even need to. I knew your answer before I even asked it. No fears. <laughs> Fearless Swagner, the leader. Um, but I feel like there are certain things that I won't do because I'm like slightly scared of like what could go wrong type of thing. Like don't put yourself in a bad situation. You know, you know what I'm saying there. Okay. Like, okay. I see like, what you're saying. Well, then in that case, um, I don't ride dirt bikes anymore. So yeah, that's, they terrify me that's, because that's I have, a fear. Yeah, I guess yeah, I would say that's a fear. Like I would just not choose to get on one just based on uh, bad like crashes that I had as a young kid, and I was like, this is just not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, um, like for example. I think the ocean is just sketchy in general. We don't know a whole lot of what's actually in the <laughs> ocean. And, I mean, yeah, swimming and getting bit by a shark, I'd say I'm definitely a bit af- afraid of that. I won't go too deep in the ocean. But, like, for example, we were... One time I was deep sea fishing with my dad one morning on a spring break trip, like, eight, nine years ago. And someone had literally caught, like, a baby shark w- while we were fishing. And then I was feeling kind of seasick, and the guy's like, the best way to get rid of that is just to jump in. I'm like, dog, I'm not jumping in. We're reeling in sharks. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So I would say if I had to put a fear on an animal, I'd probably say shark or maybe bear. A big old grizzly bear. Yeah, I would definitely. I I don't mind the ocean. I I wouldn't say I'm, you know, swimming out way too deep. But in reality, Tom, the the majority of shark attacks happen in less than three feet of water. I know that's the problem. Anyway, that's so the problem. you don't really have any control. I know you're totally right. And yeah, it's yeah. funny because like people are like, yeah, deathly afraid of like swimming in the ocean or stuff like that. But like you were saying, like the reality is every, every time you get into your car and buckle your seatbelt and start your engine, that's like way more dangerous than going for a little yeah. ocean side swim. Isn't that crazy? And, you know, how like yeah, society like, views that. Well, yeah, and one like same thing with the cars. I think about people who are afraid of of flying, and like I get it if you're afraid of heights and just having that feeling in your stomach, like that's a little mm-hmm. bit different. But like the fear of actually like 
like having being involved in a plane crash, like the odds of that happening are not worth like being worried about or having anxiety over, especially if you mm-hmm. drive a car. Yeah. That'll be really cool, you know, fingers crossed if all goes well. Like with technology developing the way it is and the autonomous vehicles coming out, like but 20, 30 years from now, vehicle safety should be so far improved to where it is right now. So that's a good thing to think about. That is a good thing. That is something positive to look forward to. Very positive because, yeah, it's just that's such a popular tragedy. I shouldn't say popular, but like a common tragedy, unfortunately, is just, yeah car accidents and stuff like that and that's just horrible um well i don't while you were talking i was thinking of other fears that i have um i said the animals sharks maybe bears i'll be honest with you i don't like snakes i've had legit nightmares like a snake is chasing me and i can't outrun it (laughs) (laughs) i'm dead serious but like the funny thing Uh, is though like i'll have those bad dreams but then like if i see a snake outside like in michigan it's mostly just a garter snake um, like I'll go try and catch it. You know what I mean? So I'm not like yeah. actually afraid of them, but I still have like, I think a deep subconscious fear of like a cobra coming to get me and killing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like in out your, in the jungle. In your nightmares. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I've had dreams of like rabid dogs chasing me. I've had the dog. I'm not afraid too. of dogs. Neither am I. I love dogs, but I've had a dream of like, yeah, where like a dog is chasing me. And like, I, like I said, I can't outrun it. And it's like coming after me. Yeah. I, um, I mean, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to like roll around in a pit of snakes, but I'm Mm -hmm. not like, if I see one in the wild, I'm going to go like take a picture of it. I'm not going to like shriek and run Mm -hmm. away. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I would either. Um, especially here in Michigan, there's like one venomous snake in Michigan, poisonous snake, but I don't think it'll kill you. Um, I'm not a big spider fan. I guess maybe I'm the baby here. I mean, I'll I'll kill. I'm the one to kill the spider in the house, but I'm never like too confident about it. I'm always a little a little squeamish. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want it to be on me. Yes, yeah, I don't want it to be crawling on me. I've had that happen before, and that I don't think that's like a. That's not like a fear though, because like you have to be a sociopath for you to just have a spider crawling on you and not like you know i know i agree give a little shimmy it's like a normal thing like yeah like i think how i guess it's hard to define like what actually is fear is it like you're terrified type thing or you're just like scared of it i should do a google search of like an actual definition of fear like what makes you actually fear something i you know what i fear is i fear sketchy carnival rides like the old tour bus carnival that comes to your city and unloads these 80 year old rides and it's like kids are getting thrown around on these things and then you hear about something on the news where someone gets critically injured i will not go on a sketchy carnival ferris wheel or like whirly type thing i'm telling you those things that you're asking for trouble you're asking for trouble getting on those i don't blame you at all i get on every single one but i don't blame you at all because i've seen a lot of stories like that too i'll take a crazy insane roller coaster over some sketchy herky-jerky carnival ride every day of the week yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that i think like you asked like what like where does fear come from i think it honestly came back comes back to our original answer and i think most of it just comes from the fact that people like to People like to know what's going to happen. People like to have control over what's going to happen. That's why, you know, when you're driving a car, you're not as scared because you're the one, you know, driving behind the wheel. Yeah. But 
just the uncertainty of in certain situations sort of like drives that fear. So when like that spider jumps off the wall, like you don't really know what it's going to do. Is it going to bite you? Like that's is actually it crawl a great point. Yeah. And so just like not knowing what's going to happen next is I think a big driver of a lot of fears. Yeah. That's a good point because yeah, I don't like fear of myself getting into a car crash, but yeah, other people, because like you said, it's out of your control. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, we talked about it before, too. Um, are, you, are you afraid of ghosts at all, Jack? Spirits? No. No? I, I believe in ghosts. I've talked to them through a Ouija board. I think we all have at some point in our middle school days, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, I think down here in the Schultz's basement, I've talked to a couple spirits through a Ouija board. <laughs> oh yeah, right here's the pipe it up Some studio. good conversations. But um, I feel like we were talking about we were talking about like our scary stories like ten episodes ago, twenty episodes ago. Like when I watched Paranormal Activity for the first time, I mean I was pretty spooked. And I'd say yeah. like I I'd say I have like a fear of like somehow me ending up in like a house or situation where I have something haunting me. That's like I'd say I'm scared of that for sure. Yeah, because oh, that would just suck. Because <laughs> that's another thing. You just like you have no I love idea what's how, gonna happen. I love how you said that. It captured <laughs> my exact feeling of the situation. It's like, what do you do? What, what no are you one, supposed to do? No one can help you. You're just screwed. No, you just have to like hope that bad spirits are having a good day. Well, that's like, what I was. That's what I was thinking when I was 12 years old watching Paranormal Activity at Alec Warda's house. I come home and I'm thinking. God, if I end up one day buying a house with my family and this house is, has a spirit in it, what do I do? What am I supposed to do? I'm you, just you're just you, screwed. I tell you exactly what you do. You pack up your suitcase and you put well, up for sale sign. That's what I thought too. But have you ever seen Sinister? Oh, that's what I'm saying, Jack. There's no way out. Oh gosh. What if it follows you? I think your I life think you is just kind of reignited a fear for me. I hadn't thought about bad spirits in a while. I, I, I'm definitely afraid of that still to this day. You can't. I can't sit here and lie to you guys and say that I'm not. But again, it's just like the it's the uncertainty. You have no idea what it's going to do. Yeah, I really is I this really thing going to rip my face off? I mean, it might. I don't know. Is it going to rip my face off? I think there was a scene in Paranormal. Is it going to kill my dog? I think there's a scene in Paranormal Activity where. Um, like they're trying to sleep and like the chandelier crashes and they hear it like at 3 a.m. And yep. right outside my bedroom door, we have a chandelier at my house, um, like a smaller type thing hanging from the ceiling. And I definitely was just waiting for that thing to slam one night. And I was so scared. <laughs> but it never did, though, did it? It never did. But I'm still waiting for that day, man. I'm waiting for my door to slam shut one night or a, a chandelier to slam or something. I don't know, man. It's, it's sketchy. It's just the unknown. Once again, it's the fear of the unknown kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Bottom of the ocean, sketchy. Spirits, ghosts, sketchy. Sketch. Um, probably many other things that I'm forgetting too. Um, but I, I feel like it, it is funny how we both mentioned like fear of like ours, um, like loved ones. But like, I'm not like pers. Are you like personally afraid to like, I don't know, become ill or anything like that? Or how how do you feel about that? Is it no. le- is that less scary to you? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot less scary to me. I, do I mean, have, I would be able like, I think I would just sort of deal with it. But, like, if it was someone someone else that was close to me and it was especially if it was, like, I didn't have a lot that I could do to help them, you know, like, I feel like I could kind of take care of myself or at least, like, 
work through it either mm-hmm. physically or mentally, whatever it was, but just again, like not having control, like it's someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I also have a fear of like, which I mean this I have control over, so it's not, I guess it's scary, but I have a fear of like being an old man, like having regrets. I'd say that's definitely a fear, but you can control that. You, you got to just make sure that doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to live your life to the fullest. You do. I'm kind of excited to be an old man. Well, I, I am like too. Let people to get off my lawn. <laughs> I'm definitely excited to be like 75, retired, hopefully healthy, and just yeah, yeah, live the live the life, man. Spread the wisdom. Go out there, play some golf, maybe watch some movies. Yep. Go spend the winter in Florida or somewhere in sunny. That sounds phenomenal to me. Yep. But I can't. Absolutely. You can't like. I have a hard time balancing, like, looking forward to retirement, but I need to, like, live now. Like I said, you can't be retired and have regret at what you didn't do. Yeah, no, I think it's more of just, like, you lived your life to the fullest now, and then if you do that, you know once you get to that stage and you're an old man, you're going you're gonna to love where you're at. I, um, I also think it's funny. This is kind of a horrible to say, but I also I like how... Older people just seem so, like, honest. They never have, like, a filter when it comes to anything. Yeah, no, they don't care. Like, if my... This is a funny example, but, like, for example, like, one of my sisters will, like, dye their hair. Go to my grandma and grandpa's house, and my grandma will be like, oh, why'd you put your hair that color? I like it way better (laughs) as it was before. Like, there's just no filter. It's just so pure. And I, I feel like when you're older at that point, you just don't care anymore. Why would you filter yourself? No, why would you? Every time I go over to my grandma's house she's like oh my gosh you still have that beard <laughs> you look so much more handsome without it oh uh, i know my, gra- like, my nice to see you too grandma my grandma doesn't like when i cut my hair she wants me to have long luscious which i don't even have my hair gets like thick and nasty but she, for some reason she likes when i have long hair she always gets upset with me when i cut it that's respect honestly it's usually the other way around yeah i don't know to each each their own right grandma's to each their own Absolutely. Shout out grandmas. Shout out to all the grandma and grandpas out there. You are the true heroes of this country. We salute all of you along with the bug hunters. You guys are all in the elite category of beings. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now is another decade-type episode here on Pipe It Up. Uh, made it a little tradition here. we got to make these a little bit special. Episode 50, we had the Mark Schultz interview. Episode 60, we had the Jimmy Norp interview. And today, episode 70, at long last, we have Daniel Schultz on the line joining us. He's been avoiding me for weeks, possibly months, some would say. <laughs> but I finally got him. Dan, it's so good to hear that laugh, man. It brings a smile right to my face. It's been a while, Tom. I'm very happy to be back on. Uh, feels like forever um, that I've been, you uh, used been on this podcast, but I'm good to be back. It's yeah. good to be back. Dan, we were co-hosting there for a couple weeks. We gave it a I little know. run, maybe a month or so. I miss it. I miss it. So what's new with Dan? What have you been doing? 
Why aren't you answering my calls, my texts, my Snapchats, my Facebook messages, my Craigslist messages? You said that to me earlier. No, you have not been texting me. <laughs> that is <laughs> false news. No, but I've been busy. A lot of schoolwork. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm always running around. Um, I definitely miss the being back at home, just doing the podcast. It seemed much, much simpler. Yeah, but I'm assuming you are liking this year of school better than your first year where things were a little bit sideways. Oh, yeah, it's definitely better. In person is always better in every way. Yeah, <laughs> my little boy, he's just all grown up. College boy Dan, and I'm just old, washed up Tom. <laughs> how's, the, uh, how's the living situation? Break, break down your roommates because I think uh, the fans may know a couple of them. Yeah, um, I mean, you guys, I, I, so I'm rooming with uh, Zach Whalen. Obviously, you know him. And then another kid I met from Cleveland, which, I mean, the viewers won't know his, who he is, but his okay. name is Varun. Really cool. The only bad thing is, uh, like, there's been a sickness going around in our household. So for the past, like, two months, I've been sick in some way. It, it's been bad. It's all those college germs. You guys are just spreading them all around the big house, man. It's just yeah. a big old yeah. bowl of germs. Because no one's built up the immunity. We've all been, like, back home. We haven't. Like mm-hmm. I haven't been in a school system in like two years, so like seeing you gotta somebody... take those vitamins, Dan. Yeah, you're probably right. Take those vitamin C's, man. The multivitamins. Go soak on some vitamin C. Go to your local convenience store slash pharmacy and get yourself some of those Flintstone multivitamins. Those make you immune to almost anything. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't, I don't think I've ever had those. How do you think I survived COVID twice, Dan? That's because I got. <laughs> Flintstones and vitamins yeah, every I day. Know, I didn't know you had COVID three years the second old. time until oh, yeah. you told me like a little bit ago. I um, Yeah, and it was in my house again the third time, but I tested negative that time. I do agree with you, though, Daniel. Um, it's interesting because there is a lot of sickness going around, and it's not actually COVID from what I've been hearing. I've heard of a lot of different stories from people who have been, oh, my gosh, I'm super, super sick, and they go in, and it's they get negative test results. So I think... It could be like you said, we were all kind of staying amongst our own our own families and stuff like that over the past year and a half. And now that we're kind of yeah. getting back into the normal swing of things, it may be a little bit of a shell shock to the immune system. So it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm vaccinated and I never got tested. Maybe it was COVID. I don't think it was. I think I was just, I don't know. I was always fatigued. I was, I was thrown up. I don't know. I don't know what symptoms go with what, but I think you're just, I don't know. You're Something just, was wrong. You're just grinding too hard, I think. <laughs> but no, it's it's good to hear from you. Glad to hear you're doing well. Um, yeah, I haven't really talked to you too much since the uh, video went live of the NLDS where you guys were eliminated against the Gators. Um, always a bummer yeah. to see the Eagles lose. But yeah, definitely a bummer. What, what are not, your not what we wanted? But I've been bigging you up all year on the podcast about the future of the Eagles. I mean, how do you feel as a manager with you know Blade Dallas coming up? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Dallas definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, Blade, too, uh, played well in the games that he played. Hopefully next year he can have a larger sample size. But, um, yeah, definitely excited for the future. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you probably had the best draft this past year, um, undoubtedly. And even though the Eagles didn't make it to the NLCS this year, I think it's still a positive year. A lot of things to look forward to and a lot of things to build upon. So congratulations on that. And yourself, um, I gotta say, I was pretty proud of you, Dan. You went out there opening day, and you know, had a very, very rough start. Couldn't find the strike zone. Looked yeah, like terrible. you watched too much Tommy <laughs> Coughlin film, but you bounced back and you pitched. You pitched well this year again. So, appreciate that, Tom. So, what's what's next for you? What is your, what is your next goal? Just get the Eagles back into the World Series. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we have what it takes, honestly. I think Dallas next year will take that next step. Um, Blade, I think, will become a great hit, hitting addition. Um, I think we we just need to develop a little more. Um, eventually, I think we'll we'll put put together that postseason run. I know I think we're capable of it. I think we are. I think you are too. I think that the tools are there. I mean, a lot of teams in this league now have the tools to make it happen, but it's the clutch factor, um, getting that experience under your belt. Um, I was actually very impressed too with, you know, obviously Dallas's season was great, but his postseason performance. Um, you know, he hit very well, actually, in that series. I think he hit a big home run to f- kind of force uh, a game three against the Gators. Am I correct? Yeah, he was the only one that hit a home run in that series. I <laughs> I did not hit very well at all. We missed, uh, Dan, do you wish you would have been with the MLW national team? You know, you were on the roster, but you did not make either trips. You are too busy colleging. But uh, we had yeah. some good times. We could have used your bat yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely uh, wanted to be there, but um, I had... Uh, Definitely had some school obligations. It was tough. Yeah. Speaking of school obligations, Dan, I hear you're in part of uh, an interesting club. I want to say it's like st- something to do with statistics. Is that right? Oh, baseball? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Baseball. It's called Michigan Baseball Sabermetrics. That's, see, yeah. Talk about that because I know we have a lot of fans of this show that are like into like baseball analysis or <coughs> statistics and statistics analysis. So what actually is that club? What do you actually well, do on a week-to-week basis? I'm not going to pretend to know. Like, I'm not going to pretend to be the Billy Bean. I don't know. Like, There's people in this club that know so much about baseball. It's insane. But um, really, it's just like they like the leader of the club, Like, they just put it together for whoever wants to talk about baseball. Um, it's really like not a very official club. It's just kind of like some guys get together. But it's still but a club. It, it's it still is a club. cool, yeah. Right, it's still like a university acknowledged club, isn't it? Yeah, we get maybe a little bit of funding, but yeah, not that's that much. Sick. I'm telling you guys, there's if you haven't been to college or through college yet at a bigger university, and you're like going to be in a few years or down the road, there is a club for literally everything. And if the club that you want to be a part of doesn't exist, you should just start it. Because look at Dan in a that's baseball yes. saver metrics club. I would have never thought that existed. But I've um, heard of some other just random clubs. Like I heard there was a poker club. Oh, I'm sure there like, is, yeah. They're, they're, it's just wild. There's some random clubs. Dan, you should like join I, like a history-based club. I feel like you'd like that. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there. I'm sure um, there is too. Like, I'd have to do some digging. I don't know. Although how much how much of the how much time per week are you putting into this Sabermetrics club? Oh, it's not much. We usually we just get together for like an hour, like once a week, just talk about just ran whatever's happening in the baseball world. Yeah, but now the um, season's over. So how does that how does that look? How does that change things? Well, like if you're like you're really um, like into the club, like there's research you can do. Like they kind of like sometimes they do like real work for like MLB teams. It's pretty sweet. And there's like a website. They like you can write articles if you want. I might um, honestly. It's pretty like some of the some of the some of the articles they write are really funny. Um, it's it's called M Saber website. If you want to look it up, it's uh it's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. Is it like a is it like a board of this club, like presidents, vice presidents, that kind of thing, or is it just yeah, like... technically, but again, it's pretty like unofficial. I would say. I want to see you be El Presidente, Dan. You better be in a couple of years president of that club. I don't know if I don't know I don't know if I know that much about uh, baseball saber metrics to be that, but we'll see. Well, you better start studying, my guy. I mean, come on. Have yeah, some, maybe. Have some goals in life. Dan, it's it seems like these kids might know a little bit more than you or some of them. I'm always eager to learn 
and I'm sure you've learned some things. What's something you've sabermetrically learned this year about baseball? Uh, that is a good question. There's always just random facts or just random players that I've never even heard of that they're just talking about. And I kind of just like go along with them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like sometimes it's like, they just I, like, it's fun though. Cause like every meeting, like we'll do like a trivia game, like, um, like who's, who's on the all time list, like the top 10 guys on the all time list for strikeouts or something. And then you have to name like random guys. Like, I think Verlander was on there. Uh, like, I don't know. But, like, it's fun. I, there, there's just random things that they say. That it's just, like, how do you know that information? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, some people are just, like, really good. at they, they hear things one time or see things one time and are able to remember it. I, yeah. like, just love that, that aspect about sports, like, just random facts like that. So I'm pretty jealous, honestly, that you're in this club. I wish there was something like that at my school. Yeah. I, w- I wish, uh, honestly, last year was in person for it. Cause like all the clubs last year and even the classes, like being online was just so like, even for clubs, like there was no way to like meet, actually meet these kids. And it was like, it was just so tedious, like just doing it online. Yeah. So you're in, so you're in this baseball club now. And like Tommy said, um, there's a million clubs there, but if I told you, you had to start a new club, what would that club be? If I had to start a new club? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't think there's a wiffle ball club here. I could be wrong, but I mean, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty fitting. I think yeah. me and Tommy and Kyle, I feel like Kyle like looked into doing that at Michigan when he was here. I don't know if I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't believe there's a wiffle ball club at many universities. You are right, Dan. I don't believe Michigan has a wiffle ball club. I don't believe Michigan State has a wiffle ball club. Kyle and I did look into this, but we were just decided to focus our efforts into building MLW instead of, you know, trying yeah. to develop some kind of cool, um, like club program at our respective universities. So that was just there's a time, you know, constraint type thing. But yeah, I encourage all of you guys start a club at your college if you're in a wiffle ball or looking to get into a league. You got, you know, maybe twenty to fifty thousand kids right in your backyard. Just make it happen. I'm sure there's a group of guys you can get. I know spike ball at Michigan State at least is huge. Like that's a big club. Hundreds of kids in the spike ball. Yeah, club. spike ball's fun. I actually did spike ball intramural last year. Okay, but yeah. It sucked so because go. like COVID, they altered the rules, so it wasn't even spike ball. It was the worst. Mm, interesting. <laughs> well, hopefully that's behind you. Um, yeah. Jack, I like that question you asked Daniel about. You know, if you could start another club, what would it be? What What would you start? And it can't be wiffle ball. It has to be something else. Um, I would probably start, like, honestly, I think I would just do exactly the club that Dan's in, but for football instead. Okay. Like, just because that's kind of the sport that I uh, really, you know, grew up paying attention to most and watching. Mm-hmm. I would also probably consider starting, like, a fishing club. But I know that they already have one of those at my school. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, I really like the the idea behind having those trivia nights and just like just learning more about the sport. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd say if I had to join an existing club that I think exists, yeah, I think a fishing club would be cool. Or maybe like I wonder if there's a euch- a euchre club. Ooh. Probably, probably. That'd, that'd be pretty sweet. That'd be fun. If I had to start my awesome. own weird club that probably already doesn't exist. 
I would, I've already said this. I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to, I think dreams are so fascinating. I would have to start some kind of dream club where we talk about our dreams. <laughs> not like physical dreams, like the ones you have while you're sleeping, not like your aspirations in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that would be really cool. Like have people actually write down their dreams and stuff yeah. and like come share them. That's what I think I would do if I had to start a weird, probably non-existing club. That's the route I would go down. That'd be sweet. I think I might try to start a Euchre club now. That was a good idea, Tommy. I, oh, that'd be so easy to get going on a college campus. I mean, we kind of did that already, like amongst ourselves. We'd have nights where we played Euchre, but it wasn't like a set thing, I guess. But hey, if you can get university not, Yeah, not as many people know how to play it out here, though. Kind of. That's like so surprising. true. It's like Midwestern thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jack, you got to spread the wealth out in Rhode Island, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like it would actually be a, it would actually be like a uh, ambassador type club. Like I'd really be teaching people also. I think it's amazing. People like don't know how to play Euchre. Um, if you guys don't know how to play Euchre, or don't even know what I'm talking about. It's a card game. And if you want to learn, this is how I learned and I was recommended to do this and it worked. There's like, you can just go on the app store and like look up a Euchre game for free and you just download that. You'll get the hang of it within a couple of days and then you can be playing. You see a group of four people and you're good to go. Great game. Great game. I know. I think best Dan, way to learn too. I think Dan's a euchre connoisseur. Am I right? I I love euchre. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mark Schultz taught me the ways. He taught you the ways. He's probably. <laughs> I'm I'm good to make. Say I play in one night, maybe three or four games of euchre. I'm I'm good to make one boneheaded player. I'm like, oh my god, what am I doing? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta make a hard decision, then like later you realize that was the wrong move. But it can be challenging at times. Has the Dan has the. Has the apprentice overcome the master in the Schultz household when it comes to euchre? Uh, no, I would say probably not. The euchre night can get sometimes pretty competitive though in the Schultz household. Oh, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> what's yeah? What's um? Have you? I'm sure you've learned a lot from your dad. I know he's a very sports oriented guy. I think I think you and Mr. Schultz have a lot of the same interests. Am I correct there? Yeah, definitely. Do you think definitely. it? Do you think in there's there's any areas where you, the apprentice, outshines the master, or not quite? He'll always be top dog. Uh, that's funny because when I always like, I always ask him like, what sport he was better. Right? Yeah, I used to ask him like, what sport he was better at when he was a kid. He said he was always like a good shooter, like me. But he says he's he's still better. Um, baseball, I don't, I don't know. Baseball, he probably still was better than me. Um. But yeah, there's got to be something I've overtook him as, right? <laughs> I think you just suck. I don't know. How about did, did he ever have a beard as a young man like yourself? Uh, I think he said he had like a similar goatee at one point. I'm not sure though. I'm pretty sure. He's still got the good mustache. I don't know, it's hard. How do you outshine? How do you outshine the man that made you the man that you are? It's tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I could try for another forty years. I'll never be able to cut the grass as good as my dad can. I'll, I'll just be honest. I mean, I, I I do a good job. I'll be honest, but cutting the grass as good as my dad, there's no chance. Or like backing up cars. I'm pretty good at backing in a vehicle, but not like my dad. He's better. He's better at parking. Better at cutting the grass. Most dad things, he's just better at. Like the things that you need to call your dad for that you wish you didn't have to type thing. I feel like I'll never have the edge. You know what I mean? It's yeah. tough. It's very tough, and you almost don't. If you outshine your dad right in front of him, is that like a hit to the ego, you think? I feel like that would hurt. Yeah, you don't want to. Like, if I went out there and somehow, if I, I would never want to do this, but if I did, wanted to be a jerk, if I, like, spent three hours and did this meticulous, beautiful lawn cutting 
and edging and weed whipping and maybe some patterns. I feel like he'd be like hurt. Like, why'd you just do that better than I can? And then he'd spend four hours the next day doing it better than me. I mean, eventually, I think we'll we'll overtake them in some of those categories. But you gotta love them. Let them, you know, have the respect they deserve. I think yeah. I gotta just every once in a while, you gotta just screw up the lawn. That way, your dad thinks you're still the idiot, and then he'll want to do it himself more. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a diary of whoopy kid thing. Never be good at a job you don't want to do. Oh yeah, that's right. That's funny. So if your dad says go out there and cut the grass, if you do a mediocre job, uh, maybe he won't ask you to do it next time. But <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you to do that because you should always do your best work. Me personally, I do a pretty good, darn good job cutting the grass. But even if I was as perfect as possible, my dad will still say I did something wrong. It's hilarious. Like. He's so stereotypical. Like, I will cut the grass. I'm not kidding. When he gets home, he'll, like, w- pace up and down the driveway and just, like, inspect. Inspect the job that I did. And it's like, what can he possibly be looking at right now? Is that really necessary? But. It is necessary. That's his lawn. I, I guess. It, <laughs> <laughs> Why do dads care so much about their lawns? And will I care that much about my lawn one day? I just don't know. I guess probably you, you want your you want your property to look the best it possibly can, but it's just so funny to me. I don't know why, but I I just you'll think see one one day we'll we'll all realize. I'm a sucker for like a good stereotypical like dad joke or like dad video type thing. I just think it's so funny because it's like they in some certain situations care about the stupidest things way too much, like <laughs> how their grass is cut. It's just I don't I don't understand. That's what makes them dads. That's what makes them dads, I guess. But we love them. We love them, right? Absolutely. Shout out to the dads. Shout out to all the dads out there, especially Mr. Schultz, Mr. <laughs> Coughlin, Mr. Agner. Um, but, Dan, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, I wanted to ask you before you take off, uh, I'm assuming you saw the first World Series game, yes? Yep, yep, yep. Were you surprised to see the Wildcats take that game, or are you big on the Wildcats? Um... You know, you know, game one's always really important. Um, I thought it could have went either way, but, you know, Sailor's just so good. Not at all surprised to see that three-run home run. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a series. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, who do you think's going to win? Uh, I'll say, I'll say uh, the Wildcats, so Kyle doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> oh, come on now. No fun. <laughs> who do you think's going to win? You're sticking with You're it? You're too nice, Dan. You're too nice. Sticking with the Wildcats. Yep. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for calling for once. Uh, maybe I'll, six <laughs> months from now, I'll probably hear back from you again. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll see. Yeah, I'll talk uh, to you in January. Yeah, I'll see yep. you next summer, yep. Dan. Until then, uh, sayonara, buddy. Yep, thanks again. Love being on. I'll see you later. Yep, see you later, Dan. Take it easy, Dan. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. We really appreciate it. 70 in the books, and uh, we're going to keep on going. Right, Jack? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you guys next time.